Alright, welcome back to another episode of the CarterCast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. Today, we have an awesome episode. We do our college basketball and NBA recap show. It's just Connor and I today. No interview or anything. We do it solo. In the NBA, we talk about the refs, how they're just absolutely going back to their old ways, calling these flops, these Trey Young, James Harden calls. We get into that. We talk about the Sixers-Hornets little two-game thing and that how awful, awful the refereeing was in those games. Talk about the Martin Twins, how they're actually good. Steph Curry breaking the three-point record. And in college basketball, we touch on UNC's win against Georgia Tech. A little bit about BYU beating Utah State. And we do more in the NBA, too. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and I hope you all enjoy the show. But before we get into our NBA and college basketball recap show, we are brought to you by PodTalk. PodTalk is the best way to listen to podcasts. It has the best interface compared to every other podcast listening app out there. I use PodTalk myself. Go download it in the app store today. You can listen to group discussions on your favorite podcast like this one. Go join the CarterCast group discussion on PodTalk right now. Download PodTalk in the app store today. Now our college basketball and NBA recap show. All right, we are back with our college basketball NBA recap show. Just Connor and I today. Unfortunately, no Bo Estes. If you haven't listened to that one, make sure to go check it out and check out all the previous episodes with Ben Criddle and uh, Dylan Wilkerson. Connor, we're solo today. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Uh, excited to talk a little NBA, a little college basketball, obviously getting to some Hornet stuff. But yeah, it feels good to be back. A little two-man, a little, little A-B action here, a little Jacqueline Hyde, you know, you get it popping, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Hornets are getting destroyed by COVID, just like every other team in the league. Uh, we're down LaMelo, Terry, Mason, Jalen McDaniels. The Hornets have been competitive against the Sixers each of their last two games. We should have won those games, in my opinion. What are your thoughts on those games? Well, the first thing I want to say is I don't know what's boning us harder, COVID protocols or the refs, because I'm not one to sit here and complain about the refs just because I'm a, like a biased fan, like a little bit. But like, I, you know, I, I know the sport. Like, I'm not just going to sit here and say the refs are screwing us. It just feels like you mentioned this on Twitter a little bit. You can get more into it. They're reverting back to like babying these superstars, especially Embiid, when he's the biggest superstar in the league, probably seven foot 290, whatever he is. PJ Washington's 6'7. I'm not saying that. He should be able to just like hack him the whole time. But they're getting these little touch fouls. He's trying to like get in front of the post, front of the post, and the refs are not letting them play physical. Like it's a, it's a contact sport. Yeah. Well, yeah the I, the issue like, is, is we everybody loved it. The start of the NBA season, everyone's like, oh, they're not calling those Trey Young, James Harden fouls. Yeah. Everybody was like, this is awesome. Like the old NBA is coming back. It was way more entertaining, a little more like low scoring games. You'd see like every Cavs game seemed to be in the 90s. Yeah. But it's so much better when those fouls aren't back. You watch the Hawks and the Nets lately, and then obviously with the Sixers-Hornets game, it's creeping back in big time. And that is a huge problem. I don't know why they feel like they, the need to call it. These players just keep complaining, keep complaining, and getting their way. The refs just don't call it. Just don't listen to them. It's that easy. They, they've, let, they've let it go on for so long that the players in the league right now are so accustomed to it. They're like it's just like old habits die hard. Like they are still mm-hmm. going to complain. Then the rest are like you know falling back into their old ways. Like oh we have to call this. You know PJ Washington puts two hands on Embiid, but then Gordon Hayward drives the lane and gets absolutely destroyed. Falls out of bounds or like gets one arm ripped down. Who goes up for a rebound with one arm on purpose? Like that's I mean, not just happening by itself. 
Like, Embiid alone was going to drop 30 on the Hornets just because we have no big men right now, especially with Plumlee out, and I don't know what the deal is with the rotation or anything. But the fact those fouls were being called were absurd. He was already getting whatever he wanted. And, yeah, I I do like to blame the refs from time to time. I guess, you know, you mentioned you're like, oh, I don't like to blame the refs. The refs are a huge problem in sports right now, especially college basketball, too. There's no such thing as a block anymore. No, and I feel You'll like... You'll see a guy in the restricted area, and he'll literally... They'll just be like, yeah! They want to get that momentum call. They want they want to be the stars. A lot of refs play the emotions of the crowd or play their own emotions. If there's a huge call, like a potential charge or blocking mm-hmm. foul, they're going to call that charge. They're going to take two skips. Oh, they're doing the Joe down. Crawford two-step hop. Yeah, they want to be the star of the show, and that can't be it. Like, they're not being hired to be entertainment. They're being hired to officiate the game in a non-biased way. So No, it, it's, out, it's out of control, and it's a huge problem. And I just don't see... You why they're creeping back into this. I don't know if it's just like refs are just like lazy and like they're just tired of having these guys just yell at them every single play. It's like these guys are going to yell at you no matter what. Yeah, they'll never be like, happy. They're never going to be happy with the refs. So just don't call those fouls. Like when when Chris Paul likes to back into a guy at three, like not even at half court, and he's back into a, a guy and flops. That's not a basketball play. That should be a foul on Chris Paul almost if you're going to do anything. That's just a no call. Just let it slide. Nothing's going to happen. They've done a, a decent job of doing that with like the jump shooting, like when they kick their legs out or like doing mm-hmm. irregular motion. They call that. I feel like the crab dribble stuff and all that is the same, like same principle there. Exactly. Like, it needs, there's, we cannot have this back. But let's go back to the Hornets. Uh, I mean, I'm just impressed that we were in those games for not having Terry and LaMelo and Mason Plumley. Like you mentioned, we don't have a point guard. We're missing five rotational guys, you know, Ish Smith. Oh, and Ish Smith is out too, yeah. Yeah, so that would have been our other point guard. He played really well in his only start against the Hawks before he got taken out with COVID protocols. But we don't have a point guard to run the offense. We're playing Cody Martin at point guard right now. Miles Bridges brings the ball up 50% of the time. You say Cody Martin? Cody Martin is most improved player on the Hornets if Miles Bridges wasn't there. Like him and Miles Bridges, the jump has been insane. This Carter puts on his Hornets flat bill and sunglasses for those of you listening on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Pod Talk. Don't forget Pod Talk. Of course, shout out Pod Talk. But just them being in the game, honestly, I saw a take on Twitter that was like, we got to give credit to James Brago and all that for like coaching and player development. We do. We have done a really good job of player development, I will say. Yeah. I No, I, I, I don't like – I'm not mad at James Brago or anything. I made this comparison when we did the pod with Brian and Grant, the football pod, yeah. when we were talking about Zach Taylor with the Bengals. Is he, is he the guy that can take them to that next step? Mark Jackson was never that guy with the Warriors. Steve Kerr was. Is James Borrego that guy with the Hornets that can take us to that next step? We haven't seen it yet. I think yeah, yeah. this year is a big sign. If we do not make the – we have to make the top eight. I think we have yeah. to have a home game in the play-in. If we do not make the playoffs this year, the actual playoffs, even after the play-in game, he has to go, I think. This year, more than any other year, in the, well, in recent years, I guess, the East is weaker than even it has been before because you have the Nets who don't have Kyrie, who seem like they are yes, lost the, I think Kevin Durant. But to go off that, I don't think the top – I think the top half of the East is not as strong, but yeah. I think the East as a whole is stronger. Yeah, I And agree. that's there, our problem. There's not as many, like – top-tier teams are like, oh, if we match up with this team, we are going to get swept instantly. Like, if we yeah. match up with the Nets and KD gets, like, God forbid, gets hurt or, like, has an off night, they're probably – we're probably winning a game or two. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, I mean, there's 
it's so weird that you talk about like title favorites and stuff. There's no one I'm really like, oh man, there. I, I it has other than the Warriors because I, I think the Warriors are clearly the. I think they're clearly the best team in basketball right now. I don't know the but, Suns kind of exposed them a little bit. I, no, the the only thing is Bo mentioned it on our pod before. Go check it out if you haven't listened. Steph Curry has those random games where he just decides to go like three for twelve. But that'd be three. like once, like maybe once a series, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. That's why I wouldn't be concerned about that. And if they're having to bring DeAndre Ayton out to the three-point line, I'm, yeah. not, I'm honestly not worried about that, especially with Clay coming back and James Wiseman. I, I'm just so excited to watch that. I agree. It's a great time to be an NBA fan. But real quick on the Hornets one more time, JT Thor has really shown some flashes. In the last, the couple of games he's gotten consistent minutes, like that – his first great NBA call by Eric Collins, yeah. Oh, God of Thunder, yeah, a little drop the lightning, whatever it was. But, yeah, he's actually shown, like, flashes. He's, he's lengthy. He can shoot the three at a decent clip. Like, his jumper doesn't look broken for a guy his size. He's not a Michael Kidd Gilchrist. And, you know, he can defend at multiple levels. He was even, you know, rebounding over Drummond last night. He got that nice and one putback. Like, he's shown flashes. Well, so, let me throw something out there. Yeah. Who would you rather have playing right now on the Hornets, Jalen McDaniels or JT Thor? I think I have to go JT Thor just because he brings the energy. He's not like – I feel like Jalen McDaniels has that mindset now where it's J- like third J- year, like it's time for me to take the next step. No, 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 no. I will put this perfectly. Jalen McDaniels is an all-time Spurs player. Like Kyle Anderson, the slow guys. He needs – he's on the all-slow team. I can I agree with that. Like he just Kyle has too Anderson. Much, I'm trying to think too who much else. Of an ego. It's too much of an ego right now. Like he takes these like contested threes. Like he makes it from the corner sometimes. But, like some of these drives he does and like those are like a running hook or like a floater. What the hell? Like what are you doing? Yeah. I, I just think that, like JT Thor fits our rotation better and what we're trying to do. Like he'll I think he would play his role a lot better. You know? That makes yeah, sense. exactly. But I mean, I'm honestly not I actually like where the Hornets are at right now. Luckily, I, I got my Jazz Hornets tickets. Uh LaMelo should be back by then. Do they have a timetable when they're supposed to be back? So it was at least, it's at least 10 days. They got out on the fourth. I was looking at this earlier. So they would be eligible to return halfway through our three or our six game West Coast trip. I think it's what it is. So they'd be eligible to return like after the, the third game. Like the no, not the nugget. So like, like the 15th. I don't know exactly. Yeah. Cause I think that's the, I think they, is that the Kings again or the, the Mavericks? They would be eligible to turn against the Spurs. Spurs. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly not well, actually, worried about. They might only miss two more games, honestly, because we play the Kings tomorrow at home and then we play at Dallas. But then after that, they should be eligible to return for the Spurs, Blazers, Suns, Jazz, like hopefully at least three of those games. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm on – yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, after watching them without these guys, I'm, like, so happy that they're actually yeah. in these games. They should have been – when they came out against the Hawks as only a seven-point underdog, I'm like, uh-oh. Like, Vegas knows something because they should have been yeah. a 13-point underdog with how little people we had. But the thing is, the Hawks, they weren't missing – now, Trey Young and John Collins and, like, most of their stars played. But they were missing, like, you know, Cam Reddish didn't play. Bogdanovich didn't play. They were missing a couple guys, too. DeAndre Hunter's out. Yeah. But not, like, to the level we are. I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right. Enough on the Hornets. Uh, we didn't talk about this before the show. Are you a little worried about these co- – well, we kind of talked about it. Are you a little worried about these COVID protocols that it might suspend the season or something like that? Because these are – everybody's getting just railed by COVID. The thing is, I don't know if it'll they'll suspend the season. I highly doubt they would do that. I could see maybe like a 10-day pause. Yeah. In the next month or so. Like, I feel like they could pause the NBA. 
I don't know how soon we're talking, maybe like next couple of weeks and bring it back for Christmas. Like who knows, but I can see a little pause. Cause I was thinking about that earlier today. Cause I was like the, the bulls have five players in the protocols. We have five players in the protocols. Rick Carlisle for the Pacers just tested positive. So. Yeah. I don't know if there's a better time to be a G league player. I agree. Cause these guys are not like, you know, we see with the horns, like book night getting minutes. Now JT Thor getting his first action of the season. Then you got the bulls. They're having to play a couple of young guys. Ayo Dasunmu, who's been in the rotation, got like 40 minutes the other night. So yeah. These guys are getting this experience, but it's coming at the expense of their record because the Bulls are top team in the East. And I didn't even think about this. How are G League teams playing right now? Dude, I was thinking about that. Like, you don't hear anything about like, <laughs> yeah, like, has a G League player, like, do they test in the G League? They're like, Shh. I feel like they don't because I've been following the Swarm pretty closely. I've watched a couple games there. I've not seen one player miss a game because of COVID protocol, <laughs> not one time. Hey, they're just, they're just doing a real good job down there in Greensboro. Shout out the swarm. That's what I'm saying. The protocol is just health and safety all around. Love to see that. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's talk about the Steph uh, Steph Curry three point record. Mm-hmm. Do we even really need to talk about this? Because I mean, anybody who doesn't think he's the greatest shooter of all time is possibly just shouldn't be able to like talk. They might be a butthurt LeBron fan. Yeah, if that's what they think. <laughs> no, nah, but um, shout out one of our friends. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The thing is, he said he was going to try to break it last night, which I thought was pretty funny. But but now, what, was he 10 away? I could realistically see him breaking it in one game now. But if he comes out there and, and shoots 23s. Who's their next game? Like, um, I can I look know. this up. Um, yeah, no, I mean, he's I mean, it was inevitable. They played the last night against the Blazers. They played the Sixers. Please just destroy the Sixers after that. They did not deserve both those wins. No. In the, in the, I, I could have been uh, okay losing one. I would have been fine losing one. In the first night, it was like really close, went to overtime. We had a couple looks to win the game and just could not get them to drop in overtime. I thought we were going to be gassed and just completely full last night. And then we ended up staying in it again only to lose, which we're 0-5 in overtime games this year, which is also a problem. But we, I, I digress. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, enough on the Hornets. Uh, the Nets have a real issue without Kevin Durant. They didn't play him last night. They played most of their other players. I think him and Aldridge said. Even with Kevin Durant, they still have a big problem. They, they have not figured big, this out. They have these big-name guys, and they just – I don't – they haven't figured out a consistent rotation. You see Cam Thomas getting rotational minutes now. He played 25 last night or something like that. So, they, I, they're still, like, searching for that rotation, that set rotation come playoff time. And it's been, what, three months now almost? Or, I guess, two months? Mm-hmm. I feel like they should have figured it out by now. Yeah, it's – and they, they don't really have a lot of moves they can do anymore because they're so tied up with the cap. The only player they could move is Joe Harris. And they would be fools to do that. He's the best shooter in the league, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't know how anybody can say the Nets are a title favorite or even like top – would you put them top three? I think I would just because the overwhelming amount of talent. It come playoff time, it really boils down to superstars, you know, going at it, hitting big shots. I'm not, I'd rather have nobody else than Kevin Durant. But this this season, it just feels like I've watched a decent amount of Nets games. It's just a lot of, hey, Kevin Durant, here's the ball, 10 seconds left, save us. Like yeah. Harden, like, he has to play the point guard now. He doesn't look as aggressive as he was in Houston. Like, they don't have those guys around them that can really help, which is really where Kyrie would come in because he'd take some of that load off Kevin Durant and be able to, you know, score 25 a game easily. I was going to ask this. If Kyrie somehow does come back this season, are they better than the Warriors? 
I don't know. I don't think they're, they would be as disciplined, but just talent-wise, I think they could compete with them. Just the overwhelming amount of talent they have. We deserve that finals. Oh, Nets Warriors? Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I we deserve that finals. That would be perfect television, too. That would be. That'd be a great series. Or Hornets Warriors. I wouldn't hate that. Um, <laughs> and why are the Rockets good right now? That is the, honest to God, one of the most puzzling Because ever since they came out with that, Steven Silas is on the hot seat. He's like, all right, all right, no more tanking. Like, I'm not, yeah, getting, I'm not losing my job. Maybe they were telling him to lose games. Yeah. I don't know. Because I thought they were just going to be a complete dumpster fire. They had that 15-game losing streak. The news you want about, them to be a dumpster fire. Why do you want them to start winning games if you're a Rockets fan? Well, there was that. And then the news about John Wall broke where he was like, I want to come back and play. And then he was like, well, you know, screw this. So I'm not going to be a starter. Then I'm not coming back because they wanted to bench him and come bring him off the bench. So I was like, oh, this is just a dumpster fire all around. You know, organization's dead. And then they go and win seven straight. Like, ah, God, I don't know. Yeah, no, like if you're a Hornets, I mean, like when the Hornets were never going to be able to like really make the playoffs, but they still were somehow receiving the 11th pick every year. Yeah. It's the worst place to be in. in sports. It is. It sure does look stupid on our part to let go of Christian Wood now too, because he is having a, I know. Monster Swarm year. legend. That hurts. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if they, this is sustainable for them. I'm not a huge Houston Rockets guy. I feel like it's not. Maybe their, their schedule hasn't been like crazy hard mm-hmm. the last full stretch, but shout out them, I guess. I, yeah, I mean, good for them. Who knows? I got uh, something. What's up? How about Caleb Martin dropping a quick 28 piece on ESPN last night against the defending champions? The Martin Twins. They've been on the same team their whole career, and now they split apart, first year apart. Cody Martin takes that next step. Caleb Martin getting consistent minutes on a contending Heat team. I would have never guessed that. And Cody Martin is good. He is. And it like, pains he is so out. valuable to this Hornets team. He improved his jumper. He improved his decision-making. His defense is still as good as ever. It pains me to say he is, like, a huge part of our team. Yeah, no, he's actually good. Imagine telling yourself back in – I don't know if we were in middle school or high school – Imagine when you're watching those NC State Martin twin teams that you're like, you know, these guys are actually going to be like decent pieces in the NBA. I would have never guessed that. And I, I would have never guessed it up until last year either. Because Cody Martin was one of the players that all, at least our little group, and I know people on Twitter, we were vying for them to cut Cody Martin whenever like we had. I was tweeting out about them. once a week saying, we'll do BOGO Martins, buy one, get one free. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> and we, our roster was what, 17, 18 over the summer. We let go of Caleb Martin. And we were all like, just please get rid of Cody Martin, too. Like, it's just a wasted space. Like, keep Wesley a wound, do whoever was there. And I have to say I was wrong. I was yeah. way off. We were I'm, all dead wrong. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm not afraid to admit it. But knock on wood, they're still good. You know? Yeah. I Actually, I, I mean, Caleb Martin, I don't really care. <laughs> but, yeah, like, the second – I mean, that's what happens when you're fully Martinized. You're not at the best of your game. I agree. I can't wait till we play the Heat and Eric Collins gets to – Get a couple of his lines in. Eric Collins. We need to start a petition to get Eric Collins on this show. Yeah, if anybody out there who listens to this knows any sort of connection to the Hornets PR or Eric Collins, whoever it may be, tell him that we want him on here. DM us on him. any social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'll start a MySpace if it means I get to talk to Eric Collins. <laughs> we have go, to make this happen. Didn't he go on one a podcast recently? He's been on a few lately, actually. Because before, like, this season, I hadn't really seen him on anything. I've never seen him on anything. Yeah. But, that'd, be a, that'd be a really cool interview. Yeah. Uh, anything else Bucket in the list. NBA? Nah, that's about all I got. Um, nah. 
Yeah. I think I'm good. Go Hornets. We look pretty good. For the yeah. Playoffs. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm, I'm where I thought the Hornets were, would be like, yeah, I'm not like over the moon, but I'm not upset. No, I feel like we've played a lot better than our record of 14 and 13 says. I feel like we have played so much better than that. Um, okay. Dope. Let's move on to college basketball. Uh, ESPN <clears throat> big time fumble having the post game or the post race commentary yeah. of the formula one race on when they said it was supposed to be unc georgia tech that was atrocious i was sitting here i was just floored because i, I flipped it on espn2 and i was like okay like the race ended at about like 201 or 202 p.m eastern standard time or three whatever it was when the carolina game was supposed to come on all of a sudden they cut straight to the post game so i was like okay maybe they're just gonna like wrap it up in golf air then like a little like news thing at the bottom was like oh carolina and george tech are on espn app I was like, well, shit, okay, I'll go look at it. It's the You click on the game on the app, it's still Formula One racing. It's the same thing. So I had to find a very legal stream that's definitely legal that I have access to legally and <laughs> watch the first half of the game. And just people are going crazy on Twitter because they did not put that game on ESPN2 until 30 seconds left in the first half. So the entire first half was just not on TV. Like, how do you not just throw that on, like, an ESPN News or anything? Like, how do you screw that up? It's or how do you just how do you just, game. how do you just not take off Formula One racing? They were, like, dissecting, like, the different cars, like, engines and stuff. <laughs> and I was sitting there like, there's no way I'm watching this. Oh, yeah, I was – I was I because I, I tried to watch the game. I was like, why is Formula One on? And they are doing that weird thing. I couldn't figure it out. So I was like, all right, screw it. I'll just watch a different football game. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. I just could not stand it. I don't know if somebody fell asleep. Or, like, just forgot to just, like, air the game or something. It's, I think it had to be something stupid like that. There's no way they did that on purpose. Unless the Formula One people were, like, paying them a million dollars to watch their postgame show. There's no way. I don't Whatever. know. Why is Formula One huge right now? I don't know. It's kind of blowing up. And I just – we talked about this earlier. I don't get it. I don't get the hype around racing. I, I, I'm not a racing guy. I, I feel like if I went to a race in person, went to Bowman Gray, uh, Charlotte <laughs> Motor Speedway. Oh, man. I feel yeah, like I would get it maybe a little bit, but I don't get it on TV. Like, it's not exciting. A 500-lap NASCAR race, I don't care what it is, Daytona 500, whatever. I'm not going to sit there and watch cars drive around on a track for 500 miles. Maybe I'm in the minority here, but, like, it's the yeah, same I, thing. I, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. And even, like, because, I mean, people – I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not a drinker myself, but, like, yeah. imagine doing that sober. It sounds honestly horrible. Like my my grandpa used to watch some of these NASCAR races, and I'm coming there with like ten laps left, and then watch the end. Because if something crazy happened to the end, that's the only thing that like excited me. <laughs> yeah, I Maybe know. Like a like, crash or something. You're like, oh, I got a lap 148 <laughs> is really <laughs> intense. Oh my gosh. Anyways, though, real quick on Carolina, looked pretty good against Georgia Tech in the first first ACC play. Not gonna lie, I was a little worried. DeVoe was hitting – like, they were hitting threes in the first half, and we, we were keeping it close. Then we pulled away in the second half. We really locked down DeVoe. Shout out Leaky Black for some good defense. And Caleb Love just looked poised. Him and R.J. Davis were hitting shots, pulling up off the dribble. Like, Caleb Love was attacking the basket with, like, five minutes left, whereas last year it would have been a step-back three or a step-back mid-range. He was taking it consistently to the rim and punishing George Tech down low, which I thought was a huge step forward. So, overall, I just thought it was a great game. Carolina has their – schedule perfectly laid out right now because they played Michigan, then Georgia Tech, and then they have what three cupcakes, three or four like Elon. No, 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 no. It's two. It's Elon and then Furman. Furman. And yep. then they have UCLA, which would be a great game. 
take yeah. the over. It's going to be like 162 and a half. Yeah. Yep. And, and then, and then we yeah, went App State. App. Yeah. Let me, uh, I said it before the show. I don't know what the spread will be. App State will cover no matter what. Don't be surprised if App State wins that game. That because I could see Carolina beating UCLA in this a huge letdown spot. This is not football. They're not going to come out there and like compete like that. This basketball. App State isn't bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, compared to Carolina, maybe if that happens, then... College of Charleston made y'all a close game. Well, yeah, that Bra- was... Brown was a close game. What do you mean? Brown was a close game. I feel like we've we're in a better place than we were at the beginning of the year. I know it's only been a few games. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I, there's, yeah, but you have it perfectly laid out where you guys can just get going. You guys don't have to like play too hard against Elon and Furman. So yeah, get a couple nice wins under the belt. But you also got a nice road win against Georgia Tech, though. Yeah, that was huge to kick off conference play. Um, and yeah, obviously Duke hasn't played, so nothing to really talk about with Duke. They have like a two and a half week stretch, whatever it is. Who do they play next? South Carolina State. It's going to be a oh, doozy. Shocker. Shocker. Yeah. South Carolina, yeah. <laughs> South Carolina State, App, Cleveland State, and then Virginia Tech at home. Okay. So, I mean, not bad. Not bad yeah. games. I think Duke will be fine. I'm not too worried about Duke. But uh, BYU, big win against Utah State. Needed that. The Cougs after are that, back. Cougs after that, Final UVU let back. down. After, after that, UVU, UVU let, let down. down. Yep, I was there. Uh, reported live from With the UCU Center. With Ken Palm. Um, yeah, I mean, college basketball produced the best team. Gonzaga, my Gonzaga take yeah. doesn't look terrible. No, it doesn't at all. And I still think they're, they're poised to make a run. But as of the, these first few weeks of the season, Purdue looks like the best team through and through, honestly. It's not yeah, no, I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know who competes with them. I think Duke could, like, give them a game. But I don't yeah. think, overall, I don't think anybody's better than Purdue. Yeah, I agree. But then, you know, come tournament time, anything can happen, upsets. And shout out Wake Forest. They're good. They were a 10-point dog against Virginia Tech, and they ended up winning by, like, 17. Yeah. You know, I saw a tweet. We mentioned this before the show. Somebody asked, who is who has, like, the best combination of football and basketball programs this year in the ACC, the most premier programs in both sports? And somebody, the first reply that got the most likes was, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Wake Forest. Yeah. And honestly, it's true. I mean, because Duke is probably the best basketball, but the worst football. So yeah, they're way too far apart. If you would have asked me before the season, I would have said North Carolina, but our football program completely yeah off the rails this year. NC State basketball sucks. Yeah, Pittsburgh basketball is very bad, horrendous. Uh, Clemson basketball is like eleven in the ACC. And Clemson football wasn't even good this year. If we're just yeah, so you, I mean, it would have to be Carolina or Wake, right? Yeah, I think so. And I'm honestly leaning towards Wake. I don't know if their basketball team will be able to sustain this, but. As of right now, yeah. I know Steve Forbes underrated hire. Good for him. Yeah. Shout out Wake Forest. We're it's a big Wake Forest podcast. Go Deeks. All right. Uh, do you have anything else? Nah, I think that's it for this week. Uh, you know, we'll be back on here next week. So we look for that. Maybe an interview, maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, we should we have a couple interviews scheduled. We'll see if those don't fall through. Um, make sure to like us on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube page, follow us on TikTok at CarterCast. And follow us on Twitter at CarterBA and at Connor underscore Sparrow. And then we will see y'all Monday. Bye.